Welcome to Easter Season Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett, a podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today's podcast is for the fifth Sunday of Easter, Year A, focusing on the Gospel reading, John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Listen in. Hello and welcome to Bible Banter, coming from the Church of St. Martin in the Fields. My name is Jared Kerbel. I'm the rector here at St. Martin's Church, and with me as always is... Reverend Barb Ballinger, Associate for Spiritual Formation and Care at the Church of St. Martin in the Fields. And we have a special guest today, which I, who I'd like to welcome. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Reverend Sarah Caldwell. I'm the pastor at Church on the Mall, a Presbyterian congregation in Plymouth Meeting. Thanks Thank you for, for having me. Thanks for being with us, Sarah. It's great to have you. Uh, Barb and I did Bible study for a lot of years with Sarah um, here at the church, and it's great to welcome you into this forum. We've had a Thank lot you. of fun exploring scripture together. Today, we'll be looking at um, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Uh, this will be our scripture for the fifth Sunday of Easter. And right now we're going to read it to you, and then we're going to share our reflections. Great. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Mm. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you know me, You will know my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Thanks, Barb. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, uh, funny enough, I got a song from West Side Story going through my head in the beginning there, uh, Somewhere a Place for Us. No. <laughs> Somewhere a place for us. It's a guaranteed cry for me. Um, there you go. Yeah. So 
I just want to say a quick word as we start. Um, during this challenging time for Episcopalians, uh, when we worship remotely, we're having a real different experience of the sacraments because we need community really to experience the sacraments. And we need the community to do liturgy and experience it. So I, I want to invite people to grow into a sacramental experience of the Word of God. Uh, Frank Griswold talks about this a lot, is that the Word is a place where we meet God, where God addresses us, and that when we receive this Word from God, it does what God does. It delivers grace. It sets us free. It gives us life. It fills us with God's love. This is God, our creator, addressing us and recreating us and setting us free when we listen closely to the word. I think we need that right now. So I'm really glad to have a Presbyterian colleague with me who <laughs> comes, from, comes from an excellent word-focused tradition. <laughs> too this is one of those passages that you might say on first reading i don't quite understand it but it is so but it grasps you and it and it pulls you in you know and it and it's sort of yeah like kind of what you're saying jared like it just if you let it just kind of wash over you there's so much like comfort and love mm. and in it even though if you look out at the sentences you're like wait what 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 does this exactly mean <laughs> yeah. but when you take it overall it really it really has some words of comfort and love and belonging in them mm -hmm. i know one thing i saw that that really rang true to me when i read the scripture and thinking about those remote liturgies that we've been having and at saint martin's we've been kind of stitching together this wonderful patchwork of places that our worship comes from. So our parishioners are reading the word often from their homes. And so we're listening to the word and we're seeing a different dwelling. And so this idea that in my father's house, there are many dwellings just has really leapt out at me. This is what church looks like right now. This is what the house of God looks like right now are these many dwellings where we're being church from and where God is dwelling within us. I think it just it just um, rings from this scripture what it means to be in God's house at this time. I love that. One of our vestry members last night observed that he feels like we're in the early church when we worship now because we're in each other's homes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've enjoyed, too, hearing the stories of people making sacred spaces in their house. Which, you know, when we think of sacred space, we usually never think of our own house. But now they're like finding a place that's free from clutter where they can light a candle, where they can. And that's that's been really encouraging to hear that they're making these sacred spaces in their homes and apartments. That, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I really love how um, this notion of God makes a space for you. It's such a generous mm -hmm. image. You know, in, in God, there is a diversity of rooms, right? It's not like God has to steamroll all of our individuality to be with us in grace and unity. God has this incredible ability to accommodate us <laughs> to a, you know, which is yeah. a word for dwell, right? Accommodate with us mm -hmm. and make room for diversity and difference and space. And it's really something to meditate on. You know, if I had the space I needed with God, mm -hmm. how would I flourish? 
How would that affect me? I think we, I think that's so true. And I think we often think about the scripture as describing heaven. Um, but what if it's describing where we live right now? You know, this lovely um, line, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. What if that's describing our own living rooms, our own homes? Maybe the thing that makes a church is the presence of God dwelling there, not a faraway place, but a now where God is. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm also loving the good old reappearance of our friend Thomas here. Um, Thomas is such a good help to us because the gospel writer uses him to ask the question that takes the story deeper. The natural question, the question that's on the reader's mind, is represented by Thomas. And Thomas has the role of making sure we get to the specifics. You know, we don't let this be, you know, abstract. You know, back in the resurrection appearance, we had to touch the wounds. We had to get physical, right? The, mm -hmm. the same Jesus who was crucified is the same Jesus is who rose again. That's really crucial. And now, <laughs> Jesus sets him up. You know where I'm going. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> and good old Thomas. You know, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> and literally, Come again? That's I really point. don't. Nope. <laughs> uh -huh. Didn't know there was going to be a quiz, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so you Thomas, just going, did he tell you where we were going? I didn't know where we were going. Did I miss <laughs> that meeting? <laughs> well, <laughs> it hangs out there in this really funny way because the risen Jesus constantly points back to his uh, post-risen life, right? He, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to know what life of God, life with God, the risen life with God looks like, look at my life. Mm -hmm. Look at how I lived <laughs> before yeah. I got crucified and had to come back, right? Yeah, the works I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah how I, how I walked the way of harmony with God. That's, that's, what yeah. You, yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. And I think, I think Thomas too, like he's like the great permission giver. Like I know people kind of use that language. And so I'm like, yeah, he's like the one who says like, it's okay to ask the stupid question, even though it's not a stupid question really, but you know, it's okay to ask the question that nobody, everybody else is too scared to ask. Yeah. You know? And so I think with our faith too, some people, uh, it can be he can be so permission giving to say like I don't really know if I believe that or what or that doesn't that actually doesn't make sense to me Christians say whatever all the time and I don't get it you know yeah. and so he gives us permission to do that that's a great point how many conversations stay shallow and, mm. and how many people are excluded because no one just asked the obvious question the question that is haunting somebody and making them feel like they're not really a Christian because they have a question. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, that's a real sadness to me that somebody is like left as a wallflower to this conversation because they, like you said, don't have the permission to ask. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good stuff. Earlier, Barb um, brought up the idea of belief, which I think is also crucial to this passage. 
Um, that's another hang-up for people who are living in this approach to faith, right? Am I, am I going to, do I have enough faith? Do I have not enough faith? What does having faith mean? So this notion of belief has to be grasped because some people think it's this very certain thing or it's this um, intellectual thing, like assent to propositions, like, well, faith is reciting the Nicene Creed and believing every little bit of it. Um, but Barb, you had another take on that, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, I, um, when we're looking at belief and you, you see this in Philip, right? Um, show me, give me proof, you know, show me, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. And, um, you know, that a whole different kind of belief is happening. It's not the belief that something exists. It's not the belief that Jesus died and rose, the belief that, that sometimes the creed can feel like. It's the belief in. And belief in is the kind of belief in that is the belief in a person. You know, so even, you know, our belief in concepts, our belief in science is very different from when I say, I really believe in my husband. Or I really believe in Mary, Joe, and um, my trust in her is great. You know, part of that kind of belief where you really believe in somebody comes with shared life. It comes with trust. It says their word is alive for me. And I hand over to them um, some authority. I, I follow them. I trust them. That's the kind of believing in that I think Jesus is describing when he's talking about really dwelling with us. I really like that. Yeah, I really like that. Handing over them authority. They're a person I must attend to. They're a person I, I let in to my deepest thoughts and concerns and desires and loves and hopes. And and it's in the passage, actually. You, you referenced Philip. Um, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. It's like, yeah, you might as well ask, right? <laughs> and, Give me some proof. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, and this is what's I think brilliant is he Jesus redirects him to the relationship he already has. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Right. Well, do you want to see the Father? Do you want to see what life in God looks like? I'm right here. You have that relationship, and. Oddly enough, as people of faith, we are forgetful that we have that relationship. That relationship is given to us. It's not abstract. What does life in God look like? It looks like the life Jesus led. Mm -hmm. John kind of hammers that home, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think too. Getting back to the the trust kind of versus belief thing that we've been talking about here is that there's a level of vulnerability with trust. You know, like if you trust in someone, you're sort of you're investing in them and you have a, there's a vulnerability there that just sort of an intellectual belief doesn't necessarily have. So I think it's kind of riskier to, tr to put your trust in something than it is just to believe in it. Yes. Wow. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty defended against trust, right? I mean, how many people in your life do you really trust? Yeah. It's not a, usually not a huge number. Um, how many people in your life do you have that emotional intimacy with you know that you can really expose yourself usually not a huge number mm -hmm. yeah. and this gets back to your, uh, your just your opening statement about the word jared because you know 
When you really trust and believe in somebody, their word is alive. You believe their word. And so what we're being called to at this time is to dwell in a word that lives within us. It's incredibly mutual. It's incredibly um, generative. You know, that this is the word that creates for us a new kind of way of living with God. And to let that be real for us and to believe in it is sort of like the way we dwell in it. You know, to place ourselves in it and let ourselves be surrounded by the word that is what we trust about God. Thanks, Barb. That directs us right back to the passage once again, because this next part of the passage, John does one of his I'm in you and you're in me and we're all together things. We are all together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I and people sometimes think that that is kind of like abstract and philosophical, but it's not. It's it's his struggling attempt to communicate the intense intimacy of this relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This mutuality that you mentioned, this intimacy, this harmony that we are invited into. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that the resistance to faith, and this builds on what Sarah said, is less intellectual and more about trust. Mm-hmm. It's more about, can I really trust my heart at this level of intimacy? And I can speak biographically, the more I've trusted God, the more scripture has opened up. Mm-hmm. The more the word has become enriching and opening to me, um, the more it's spoken to me in its freedom and its authority and it's it it does so much more for me now than as it used to be an intellectual exercise um yeah as a prayerful exercise as a as a heart who's desiring garden guide gardens sure yeah why not guidance <laughs> guidance gardens well, I, I, I go back to mary magdalene at the tomb right when jesus gardens. calls her by name she says rabuni you know my teacher and it's so sweet oh yeah, I think in all of our hearts, we're calling out for my teacher, if we could just be mm-hmm. humble enough to accept a teacher. Um, you know, that's a big part of this. Well, let's uh, wrap this up with some pastoral recommendations with this passage. Where does this passage take us pastorally? What do we, how is this healing and helping our relationship with God? Hmm. Well, I I think just that you know, God is the one who's worthy of our trust in this time when mm. things are all upside down and, you know, maybe we don't know what to believe. And but just to just to come back to that and to center ourselves on that, that that God really is one who will not will not take our trust for granted or see it as something little. But it's it's a it's a, a great you know, we can put our trust in God and that is sure. So mm. thanks, Sarah. That's wow. That that's feels really good to me. We're really blessed to have a source of love and support and guidance outside of ourselves right now. Cause I don't know about you, but uh, yeah. myself is coming up short a lot. <laughs> it's, it's dry. My, my inner resources are not what I hope for. <laughs> I'm thinking too, that, um, that a, a good sort of imaginative work for us to do spiritually, maybe to just sit and appreciate our homes. I mean, we're kind of, 
people talk about being stuck in their home and sent to their room. Um, <laughs> but what if we can allow our homes to be, just imagine them filled with the presence of God, that God has made a home here already. God's not moving in with us because we can't get to church on Sunday. Oh. God is just welcoming in us into the home that God has made with us. And just, just pray with that and let you know your surroundings speak to the presence of God. That's great. And I, you know, I just really can't resist this. It's just what I've always hoped and prayed for, right? Is that people take their relationship with God as seriously at home as they do on Sunday morning, right? You know, that they're, you know, opening themselves to the spirit at home as much as they do at the altar rail. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for um, a new intentionality, a new um, set of practices, a new uh, growing awareness of God's presence. It's There's a lot of gifts that can come in this weird upside down world that Sarah talked about. <laughs> so, well, that sounds like a great place to end. I want to thank Sarah for joining us. It's been such a Yay. gift to have you with us. Cheers. <laughs> thank you, Barbara, as always. Um, this has been Bible Banter uh, from Church of St. Martin in the Fields. We're just really grateful you're with us. And you know you can get our services online and you can get the services of um, Ch um, Church on the Mall online as well, right, Sarah? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. That's a great, another great thing about now is um, you can visit many rooms for worship through the internet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know people are going to oh. church three or four times a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't like my sermon, go check out Sarah. <laughs> well, once yep, again, it's on our Facebook page. So. Yeah. <laughs> on their Facebook page. Thanks again for joining us for Bible Banter. Really grateful you are here with us today, and may God bless you and keep you in health and know that you are loved. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, review it, or share it with a friend. This week, our guest on the show was the Reverend Sarah Colwell, pastor of Church on the Mall in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. You can learn more about them at churchonthemall.com. You're welcome to join us for worship online both Sunday mornings and weekdays. Find the schedule on our website at stmartinec.org forward slash worship. To learn more about the ministries and activities at St. Martin's, including biblical studies, Wellspring spiritual formation programs, and volunteer opportunities during COVID-19, please visit stmartinec.org. We'll be back again next week.